welcome back to Two Pastors of the Mic. My name is Corey. And I'm Shanik. And we're so glad that you're joining us. Wherever you're joining us from, we appreciate all of the reviews, the comments on the videos, on YouTube and on Instagram, the DMs. We see it all. We appreciate it. Thank you for joining us. Also, yeah, holler at you at YouTube. If you are watching on YouTube, you see one of our uh, listeners got us this really cool mug. Yeah, Shout it was amazing. Jacob. Yeah, Jacob uh, dropped off two of those mugs. Actually, mine is at home. I'm getting you it used washed. It already. I have not uh, used this. Yeah, so I was just given it. Uh, I was just given it yesterday. Yeah. So uh, I thought it was awesome. There's a QR code on the back. Show him that real quick on YouTube. QR code. And, That's uh, what a cool little gift. Yeah, super he, cool. He gave it to us and he's like, "You guys should have merch." And we're like, "Yo, we would love merch, but I don't know if people would buy it." So, if you are listening yeah. to this, would you? either text us or message us or write a comment. If we had merch, would you buy it? Is it even worth it? Right. And, but also I will put a little disclaimer there. If you let us know that you will buy some merch, if we had it, when we have it, we're going to take you up on that. Yeah. You better do it. And we'll just get your size or a cup or whatever it is. And we'll hand it to you and be like, okay, this is the cost of it. Do it. And remember, you said that you would support this. <laughs> you, yeah, oh, no. No, you just deterred people from even commenting no, or sliding into continue. the DM. So, it's all right. Hey, then. Super Bowl happened this past weekend. Yep. Thoughts, questions, concerns, Well, comments. last week, you know, I said, you know, I'm going to be rooting for the Chiefs, even though I think the 49ers had a better team. So, on paper, I think that they're going to win. Um, but I was glad that the Chiefs pulled it out. I was here for all of the moments panning to Taylor Swift. The Kansas City Swifties. Yeah, it was it was great and uh, had a good time. And then, uh, honestly, um, most of the people, I would say, that were with us watching it because we watched it together um, weren't there for the football game, no. but they were there for the halftime show. Which was and, amazing uh, for me. I yeah, loved it. So, if you're offended that I loved Usher, I'm sorry. Yeah. That was like my, my childhood right there. Yeah. My Alicia wife and I, Keys. we love Usher and... Um, I just thought it was amazing and it took it to a next level when he came out on roller skates. Dude, I'm roller like, roller skates. I don't know whether this is super corny or like the most amazing thing that I've seen an artist ever do. Like yeah. still do the dance moves, still sing about while he's riding around on roller skates and the, the, the throw in the LED <laughs> in front stage of, in front of over like a hundred million people watching. Yeah. Like insane. It was awesome. I loved it. <laughs> Little when, John. When, when, uh, Little John. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All the time. Hey, Ludacris, when he came out, I mean, people don't know unless you grew up on Luda. I grew up on Luda. That was my guy. I loved it. But I thought the funniest meme I saw after that on uh, the halftime performance critique was how many, I thought it was CeeLo Green that came out. That was Jermaine Dupree. Did you know that? No, I did not know that. Yes. How many of us, and, and someone wrote it, and I was like, that was my exact thought, and the fact that he thought that and then shared it, and it's already gotten thousands of shares. It was like, yeah, I thought that was CeeLo Green. It, no, it was our man Jermaine Dupree, <laughs> Dupree <laughs> rocking a suit with shorts. So, Yeah, hey, but uh, as always, when you have that many people watching as well, there's lots of different moments uh, during the game. I know one of the things that we talked about before uh, before we started this podcast was uh, the confrontation between Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid. And what I don't think a lot of people understand is when you get in those competitive cultures, it's not like that's an uncommon thing. Happens every like game. with players, coaches, like at the professional level. Like these aren't little kids. They These aren't like teenagers like yelling at the coach and so they better, you know, respect and they better know their place. These are professional athletes who do this for a living, know what they're – capable and skilled to do the coaches understand this as well and you get in these high pressure competitive uh atmospheres things like that happen and it's common so 
look at it, move on. You don't have to post your disdain on Facebook how disrespectful and Travis Kelsey should be out of the league because he disrespected his coach like that. Yeah, Look, Andy Reid had nothing happens. but love for him after the game. Yeah, and today it's already the the of course it's a talking point, but articles are already out. They're fine, you know. Yeah, their relationship's the great. It's in the moment. We've we've had a few of those exchanges. <laughs> we've, you know, we're yeah. in the middle of working out and we, you know, get mad at each other and we'll throw weights at each other. And <laughs> okay, move whoa, on. Whoa, that it's happened, happened. It happened one time. <laughs> <laughs> there were witnesses. Weights were thrown. Yeah. You're like, we were on roids back then, and that was a little roid rage. Yeah, it That's was a, a good joke. time. Shout out to Braden. He was there. He was freaking out, thinking <laughs> we're all going to get fired. Was there. <laughs> <laughs> that's a story for another time. And then time. we, uh, yeah, and then we just move on because yeah. that's just we, we're both, you know, athletes. Yeah. We understand that world. And before we go into our topic, which is <laughs> going to be a great topic today, I do want to say one thing about the Swifties. Uh, I didn't. I know there's a lot of narrative about it. I loved when they panned to Taylor Swift. Yeah, How, me too. Because you got to think about it. Think about it from the perspective of I don't know if she grew up on football or if this isn't all new for her, but to see her reaction and her love to watch her man succeed. I'm here for it. Yeah, I, I am too. I love it. I will say there's a lot of people posting like, you know, I can't believe the dads and the people watching football that can't believe or don't want the camera to pan to Taylor Swift and it only takes up a minute and they're painting this narrative like there's all these negative people out there out of the dozens upon dozens of people I've talked to about this. I've never heard any negative comments. So they're, like, they're creating this narrative that I really don't know if it exists like people think hmm. it exists, like people it's upset at it. And I think they're just wanting some talking point. You know, how could you not be all for, you know, dads and daughters watching the game? Of course, 99% of people are, but as usual, people want to focus on that one negative thing or they want to, or they hear something and then they blow it out of proportion and then they label, you know, every football watcher, like, I can't believe you don't want me to enjoy Taylor Swift. And so speaking of labeling, we're going to get into today's episode. Remember, we are continuing, uh, kind of recapping a series we did uh, last year at Hill City called Navigating Minefields. We've talked a lot about mental fitness. We've talked about our thought life. Um, and I think last week was was a really, really um, impactful yeah. episode. I heard a lot of good feedback. I heard so much. Um, and so, so we're just diving in on this notion of um, living a very healthy life. Uh, mentally fit life. Yep. And we want that for you. And and today, really, we're going to kind of recap um, a little bit of a, a message that, um, or some of the message that uh, Pastor Dierk gave when he was here. If you haven't watched it, I encourage you to go to hillcity.tv, click on our YouTube channel. You can watch um, this message. But he really focused, and what we're going to do today on the podcast is focus um, on a question that was asked to Jesus. Someone came to Jesus and asked him, which is the greatest commandment? And that's how we're going to kick things off. Yeah, it's found in Matthew chapter 22, verses 35 to 39. Now, this is what we need to preface. Is this, if you were to ask many churchgoers or people that are very familiar with this passage and they ask you, what is the greatest commandment? They w most likely would be able to quote it. And for those of you that might not, it's, oh, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, strength, and soul. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. That is the greatest commandment according to, one, Jesus answering a question, which is all it is. Jesus answers a question. He's not yep. giving a command here. They asked him, what is the greatest command? Again, the context is, is Jesus speaking to Jews and leaders of the law. So he responds and answers their question with what the answer was according to them. Yeah. So when your translators are writing the Bibles in English, 
they gave a heading that says yeah. this is the greatest First commandment section. for the whole section. Mm-hmm. However, what we're going to explain today is this is not the greatest commandment in Scripture. Right. Again, Jesus was answering their question, and he answers it according to the law. These are the greatest commandments according to the law, which right. is actually not even true. He combines these for the first time in Scripture. They're not combined like this in any other place. Right, and so the question was, out of the, all of 613, right, the, the 10 and then the 603 mitzvahs that we add later, which one do you see Jesus as the greatest? And then he responds, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. But all he did, I'm glad we're po- talking about this, and I'm glad you pointed that out. He was just answering a question that they would have understood the answer as he gave it in those, um, you know, in that summation of those two uh, commands, and that would be the greatest. But I love that we're talking about this because there's been so many ministries built on this phrase. There's been so many life mission and purpose built on this phrase. But honestly, that was the greatest commandment according to the Mosaic law, to the old covenantal system. And so I'm a big proponent of people don't even know what they're talking about whenever they say, here's the phrase that goes around in a lot of Christian circles. Oh, it's love God, love people. Mm -hmm. And they take it from, oh, that's the greatest commandment. So we have to abide by that. We have to follow that. That's my life mission. Love God, love people. And they base it on something that Jesus was just answering a question to that was very um, old covenant, not the covenant that we live in today. And so it's kind of contrary a little bit. And I don't think this is just semantics, but it's going to be contrary to what Jesus actually says later. But again, these were the first way that it was combined this way. Love God, love well, people. Why is it contrary? Because he gives a new command. Why don't you share that? No, no, no. Let, let's continue. Let's continue first. Well, that is. I am. <laughs> that we're right on topic. Right. Well, well, I, I think later on, right in John chapter 13, 34, Jesus says, a new command I give you. Yep. So totally new. Hadn't been Basically what he's saying is a new command, and this new command replaces all of the old commands. Matter of fact, in all the old commands, it can be summed up in this one command And it's the only command that we're now given by the King, by Jesus, living in the new covenant, operating in the kingdom. There is only one command, and it is love as I have loved you, period. Which is different from loving yourself. Which is different because, one, you have to love God, right? And so what most people, especially in the Jewish culture and under that covenant, there was all kinds of rituals and things that they had to follow in order to show that they loved God. It wasn't a heart issue. It was um, an outward expression of how they, you know, practically showed that they love God and it was just visible to other people. And it was motivated usually by fear. (laughs) Right. And then secondly, it says, love God uh, or love people, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Right. And so there are a lot of people that I would say who don't know their identity don't understand that. And so a lot of people don't even like themselves. So how are they going to love others the same way they love themselves when they don't love themselves a lot of way? And so do you see there's a lot of confinement and a lot of barrier that has been set up to keep people from just loving what the way that Jesus loved us? Yeah. It's not the way we love ourselves. No, we love and it's an outward expression of love based on how we understand Jesus loving us, which is unconditional. Man, we just said it at the same time. That was beautiful. <laughs> it is It is very offensive when you think about it, because in the church world, you weren't really taught this. If Jesus says the new command is to love as I have loved you, then you have to get a right view of you. And you have to speak 
over yourself the way that your father speaks over you, which is only good things. So if you look at yourself in the mirror and see or speak negative things, you're in the wrong because your father's not saying those things about you. His love is unconditional. There's no conditions on it. There's now no condemnation or shame in Christ, what we talked about last week. And this is the reality. This is your truth. And so going back to what Jesus said in Matthew 22, when he is answering their question of what is the greatest commandment according to the law, these this is the first time that these two ideas or commands are combined in this way. It was first a vertical and then second was a horizontal, which is why people are like, oh, you have to love God first and then you love other people. But that's actually missing the point of what's going on because when you recognize the new command from John, you realize that love is given based on how it's received. Notice this because 1 John 4.19 tells us that we love as human beings because God first loved us. So your love, even for God or whatever that looks like, is stemming from you understanding that you're loved by God, meaning your view of God is how you will treat others. So if you view God with fear, you'll live in fear. If you drew, if you view God as this retributive, judging God who's full of wrath because you don't understand what God's mercy and justice actually looks like, you will live that way. So don't be surprised when Christians are some of the most unattractive people on the planet. It's usually because they haven't gotten the revelation that God is good and God is a father. Yeah. You're not in a courtroom, you're in the family room, and you always have been. And so this is so important for us to understand because Jesus was making a point by combining these specific two, specifically when you understand 1 John 4, 19, that we love because he first loved us, and then combining that with John 13, 34, which is the new command to love as Christ has loved us, you recognize that it's not about loving God and then loving people. It's understanding you love God by loving other people because it's not a vertical love. Well, it is a vertical love, but it's not us to him. It's him to us. Right. So then once you understand that his love is vertical from him to you, you're able to vertically love God by loving his creation because there isn't a command after the resurrection of Christ that tells you to love God. Yeah. There's there's not a command that says worship God, not a command that even says to worship Jesus, but there is a command to love as I have loved you. And it's specifically talking about, like you just said, love people, love creation, love those around you. And when you do that, you are showing love to God. So there no longer has to be the command to love God because we love people. And that shows that we love God, especially when we understand how much, like, and I love that you said that, um, this idea of not vertically us to God, but understanding God's love to us. Mm -hmm. And when we have that and are filled with that and come to that understanding of, how much this is unconditional, how much is like this one-way love that don't stop pouring out. When we get filled with that type of understanding and love, we can't help but overflow and love the people around us, hopefully even then unconditionally. Yeah, hopefully unconditionally. And that's, it's not semantics. It's not love God and love people. It's love God by loving people. That's the reality. And so uh, honestly, you should live just like the Father lives, which is full of mercy, full of restoration, full of kindness and honor in spite of people dishonoring and disrespecting you because your ability to honor people that dishonor you speaks more about you than it does about them. And so this is why I truly believe the message of Jesus is life-altering and attractive is because you are aligning yourself with how the Father views you because you know who you are. And this is permanent. Thank God for Jesus. This is permanent. You are already the righteousness of Christ. You're not waiting to get more righteous. You're not waiting to get more holy. These words are already descriptions of you because of Christ. 
which is beautiful. And that's what changes your life. And so the greatest commandment is not to love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, strength, soul, all that stuff, and then love your neighbors yourself. No, it's to love as Christ has loved you, yep. which means there's no conditions and you shouldn't have conditions on your love as well. Yeah, and I think that that lack of understanding does lead to a barrier in how we love other people because yeah. a lot of times, and I know Derek said this in his message, he said, as soon as we see behavior, we know what to call you. And he talked about this idea of labeling. And when you label someone, you box them in and it's nothing but a way or a reason for you not to love them based on their behavior or the label that you assign to them. Mm-hmm. And, and what I love in this idea and the thought process is when we understand despite our behavior, God's love is still there for us. Um, that's the way he chooses to love us. So then in turn, despite people's behavior, um, we still show them love. Regardless of what um, what they're involved in or what we think that they're um, doing that we would consider wrong or contrary to the identity or all the stuff that we can, again, label, package to create and craft ways to avoid people or not to love them. But when we understand God's love towards us was unconditional, so that means our love to others should be unconditional, meaning it's not limited based on their behavior. Yeah. Acts ten twenty eight. We say it a lot on this podcast. We say it a lot in this church. It was God's gift to Peter to call no one impure or unclean. And how different would our lives be and our churches be if we called no one impure and unclean because we understand unconditional love, which is hard to grasp. It's easy to talk about. It is hard to grasp. What God loves us unconditionally, and people get so scared. So you mean you, you it, your behavior doesn't matter? That's not what we're saying. We're saying it's not behavior than belief. We're saying once you understand who you are as a son, your behavior will change because it's an inward change. Like, you know who you are. It, 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 again, I, I really get upset when people misunderstand grace or misunderstand the heart of the Father because you're not trying to change to gain anything. You already have everything. And when you know that place of confidence as a son or a daughter, you live differently because you're not trying to gain the attention and approval of people or God. You already have the attention and approval from God. So, and, and we talk a lot about this in the counseling world. He said two things around this idea of like, hey, taking up your cross should never mean you deny your needs, desires, or individuality. And then he, he finished that thought with like, because resentment comes from you neglecting yourself. Yeah. And so it's time for the, the people in the American church, at least, to get along with Jesus and be affirmed in how he views you. Right. Because it, it's that airplane um, mask example. If the plane's going down and the masks drop. They say, take care of yourself before you take care of other people in your party because you are useless unless you take care of yourself first. That's true in emotional and spiritual health is so many people are running on empty, trying to serve their family well, but they've never served themselves well. So they're only giving their family leftovers. But if you serve yourself well first, you'll be giving your best to your family because you have your priorities right. And you are the priority because if you don't take care of yourself, again, you'll be giving the worst of you to other people specifically the people you love the most. But if, if, if you know who you are and you, and you spend that time building yourself up, you will look at other people, not to be overpowering, but to empower because you recognize that you can see Christ in everyone. Right. So it is understanding, you know, God's love for you. And then out of that, they overflow loving others. And I think it has to go in that progression. And I know for me, it's been a process of understanding, um, my needs and, what I might desire or neglecting myself. And I have become maybe resentful. And 
you know, because I'm a very highly relational guy, um, or motivated guy. And so, um, I constantly look for ways that I can show love. And sometimes for me, how I show love, I'm a very acts of service type of person. And I love to serve, to give, um, to be involved with very practically showing love to the community, to people around me, to strangers I've never even met. But sometimes it's at the detriment, not only of my family, but of my own personal time, of my own um, energy, strength, what, what, whatever. So a lot of times I might be loving at a depleted state, mm-hmm. which that isn't, you know, I don't think what God wants for us either. So the verse, right, is love as I have loved you. So it's already having an understanding of how much you're loved. And if there's some things that I need to craft for me to be able to understand and recognize, um, this is the position I need to stay in. And then out of that, then I can operate in showing love to others um, so that they can get my full authentic self and not a depleted version of me. Um, I think it's good to set up some of those maybe maybe healthy boundaries. When we're talking about loving others, loving people, don't hear us say like, you know, that you have to lose yourself in the process. Hmm. Um, but I think, it, but it is something where we have to understand both. Like, yes, it's a command, but really it is two parts, understanding God's love for you and then walking that out, showing it to others. And I think it's, it's, it's both end. I like that a lot because at the end of the day, we're all image bearers. So I, lo- I love, he said that, um, during his sermon, he said, at your core, you are the image of God. And I know, I can't remember who says it, but someone says, like, God has no body on earth except yours. And the more and more you get familiar with the fact that God's address is you, and you are made in his image and likeness, like created in God's image and likeness, we possess what the universe cannot, because we possess God's image and likeness. The universe doesn't possess his image and likeness. Like, you are the most beautiful thing in God's creation. And that is incredible. And when you understand that, you'll start seeing it in other people, even if they haven't seen it in themselves first. Yeah, I was just trying to think about where you heard that and what I really think it stemmed from, and tell me if I'm wrong, um, Dan Dyer preached a message we heard one time um, and he used the words of Jesus and he said, foxes have dens, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head, meaning that the Son of Man is looking right for, for the body. and. He has no body but yours to operate in and to love the world around. I I think that's what it was. But when you think about it, um, it is very empowering. You know, don't let that like scare you or um, maybe be a detriment of stepping up. Hopefully it's a encouragement. Hey, no, the, the, the divine Jesus, the Godhead, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit chooses to dwell in you. And so you have the ability to love whether you know it or not. And I know a lot of people, especially a lot of my guy friends are, I don't know how to love the people around me. I don't know how to do what you do. I don't have your personality. I'm not a very talkative person, you know, and then all it is is excuse after excuse after excuse why you can't show love to the people around you, not only family, but maybe just people you work with or even people that you've never met before. Um, But I promise, promise you, you put yourself in those situations and you just start the process of loving, not labeling encourage bringing encouragement lifting someone up like all the practical ways that you can love someone i promise you you'll be able to see um that you can do and love way more and better than you think you can all right i got something controversy because you just said that (laughs) this is for all specifically the men but i know women deal with this too if your excuse is i'm not like that or i don't know how to love or i'm not emotional those are lies that you have regurgitated from trauma in your life that you haven't dealt with 
you are made in his image and likeness, which means you are made full of emotions, guys and girls. So there's no such thing as men being unemotional. You have learned through your trauma and through your pain and through your hurt from lived experiences to suppress your emotions. Or uh, also there's this toxic masculinity within American culture that men don't cry and all this stuff. That is all BS. All of it is BS. It's, it's time that we start dealing with our pain, men, and coming to a place where there is no shame with dealing with your pain and there is no condemnation for the things and, and areas that you've screwed up so that you can get a proper self-image because you are made in his image and likeness so that you can love yourself better and then love your family better and then love your kids better and then love your employees better and then love your employers better and then love your world better because you understand who you are. And this is what's so beauty, uh, so beautiful about the message of Jesus. And this is why when people are like, so you can do whatever you want then because uh, everybody's saved. Or, that, that's not what we're saying. Everybody is made in his image and likeness. If God is omnipresent, he's in all people. Our job is to pull out that in other people, is to recognize who they are, speak that over them. That's why we say the gospel is not an invitation, it's a declaration. Your job as an image bearer is to remind people that there is no us and them. There's only us. There is only us. And the goal is not to get to heaven. The goal is to bring heaven to earth. So the reason for why we say this is it's our job to pull out the son of people in people. Yeah. No, I mean, and we get passionate about incredible. it because it's not going to be, That's oh, news. you want to do whatever you want to do. No, no, I, I want to do whatever the Christ in me is wanting to do. And guess what? It's to love people because that's where uh, all of our trauma comes from a lack of love or abuse, which is a lack of love because people don't know who they are. And so, yeah, I get fired up about this message because no, I, I just tell. want people to walk in their it. fullness. Yeah, I don't know you do. And I, I really think that what you're talking about is the good news that we should be sharing and pulling the sun, you know, out of people and making them aware of how they are image bearers and fully worthy to be loved um, and valued. Mm. And I think just calling that out in people is what we should be doing. And I I really think, um, man, this, this podcast, I think uh, hopefully um, has made you think has maybe challenged you. Um, Hopefully you weren't too offended by saying, you know, you don't have to live by love God, love people. Yeah, Take that pressure off. Can um, I interrupt you? I apologize. No, Can you finish okay. your thought? No, it's okay. Can you go finish ahead. your thought in a minute? Because no, take off this pressure that you have to love God. Whatever you've been taught is like how you love God by fasting, praying, all this stuff. Because the vertical love is not based on your ability to love God. The vertical love is based on God's ability to love you. And that's where you need to first sit in, process, and receive before you can start then give, you'll never be able to love yourself well if you don't know how loved you are by God. So you first receive the vertical love. Again, not about this pressure to love God right and have all the right beliefs and do all the right rituals according to whatever Christianity you were brought up in. That's all BS. It's his love for you. Rest in the vertical love that he has for you. Marinate that in. Then, then start lifting yourself up of who you are in Christ, speaking the right words over you. And and how do you speak the right words? Where anything your creator is going to say about you is what you need to say about you and start believing it. So believing that you're the righteousness and holiness of God, that you possess the very image of Christ. You are an image bearer right now. Listener, you are the image bearer of Christ on this planet. And then once you understand that that God's love for you is what grows your love for yourself, you'll be able to love others well. So take off this pressure of this vertical love. It's already there. And you can't disrupt it. You can be unaware of it, but you can't disrupt it. It's there, sit in it, and then watch your love for others horizontally just explode because you get so excited about it. Yeah, love that. So basically what we're saying is it's not love God and love people. It's you love God by loving people. 
and you do that from a place of understanding how much you are loved. And so that's how we're going to end the episode. Hopefully this episode challenged you, uplifted you, encouraged you. We would love it if you would share this podcast with a friend, have dialogue around it. That's what we do this for. And just know you are loved and there's nothing you can do about it. 